welcome to the Property Doctor Podcast with your host, Dr. Andrew Threadgold. If you're looking for a podcast with inspiring stories, industry insights, and discussions about entrepreneurship, you've come to the right place. Remember, if you want to follow what Andrew is doing, you can find him at Cornerplot Properties on Instagram. For now, let's get on with the show. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of the Property Doctor podcast with me, your host, Dr. Andrew Threadgold. This week, we continue the interview with James Gardner, the business owner from down in Kent, who started a manufacturing business with his brother many years ago, built it to a multinational company before selling, and now has bought and is building a group of companies of his own. So, instead of listening to me waffle on, let's get back to... James telling us about his life and giving us some book recommendations, etc., etc. Hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed recording it. Take care and see you next time. So in terms of books, one, um, I mean, there's so many brilliant books out there. Some people like one, some people, you know, it's a personal test. But there are some real mindset kind of stories. I mean, have you heard of David Goggins? Have you heard of, you know from an an amazingly terrible childhood through all sorts of trials and tribulations and into an elite athlete i mean what a what a story that is I and mean, there's there's loads like that and the 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 depths of their mind's power is is fascinating when you start start delving into them what 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 are your favorite books yeah again i think that's called you can't hurt me or something like yes. that by, yeah. by goggins and it's an in- interesting read or listen to again don't have young children around when you listen to it <laughs> um, but it's uh again it, I, I love those kind of special forces books uh so the Ant middleton ones and ollie ollerton uh, i was really proud to share a stage speaking with ollie ollerton just last month which was right. fantastic and his mindset and mental health approach as well those guys and girls that are in the special forces across the world that are telling those stories from the Navy SEALs training or SAS selection and things like that. What's fascinating is they're not superhuman. They're, you know, they're the same as us. They're not made any different, yet they can do what we perceive as superhuman things. And again, a lot of it is your mind protecting you and saying, stop running, stop doing that thing, stop climbing that mountain, whatever that might be. And they push through that barrier. And they know when to turn it on and when to turn it off. And they can do it in a split second as well. So learning from those sort of people. So Ann Middleton has a book called The Fear Bubble. And he was talking it in sort of you know war terminology about creating a bubble. He's got to go into that door and see what is in the other side of that door and whether he has to clear the room or protect the people that are in that room. He said, there's no point getting worried about it until I'm in that situation. So this bubble is something that we go into and then we come out of. Mm. Now, most people, myself included, would worry along the way to the bubble. Mm. And you'd worry the night before. But you're in a safe environment the night before. You're safely tucked up in bed. uh, No need to worry about that. It's only when you actually have to do that action or make that speech or talk to that member of, of your team or whatever else it might be. So it's about controlling your mind to protect it. And we're, we're trying to do something here that for millennia hasn't been the case. You know, people call it the lizard brain or the caveman brain, whatever else it might be. We still think there's a saber-toothed tiger outside the door, which we know there isn't, but we still think there is. Well, I live in Middlesbrough, there might be. <laughs> <laughs> so it's about sort of working uh, around that and training yourself. 
And just like physical training, you don't go from being an average Joe to Arnold Schwarzenegger overnight. Uh, it's years and years and years of practice and training and honing and developing. And it's the same with your mental health, but it's got to start somewhere. So whether that's a breathing exercise or a meditation or reading a book or listening to a podcast, whatever it might be, getting a mentor is fantastic. You can gain years and years and years of knowledge and experience you know, in a very short period of time. Yeah. And you think about the most elite athletes and the, and the sports people that we know and love and look up to. All of those have got multiple coaches and mentors. Yet in the business world, it's almost seen or has been seen as either an elite thing for CEOs only, or you're in trouble if you're with somebody who's training and developing you. And that's just wrong. So we're trying to make all of that different within our own businesses as well. Mm. Uh, and again, I'm personally doing that and being coached and mentored myself to be able to coach and mentor others as well. Yeah, I think coaching and mentoring all through. I mean, that that is one thing that is in, that is in medicine. You get mentored all the way through. Um, to the point, you know, I've been I've mentored junior doctors now for the best part of 15 years. Um, and through what we've done in property, I have people that ask all the time, but really I'm, I'm too busy trying to achieve at this moment in time. But it's not to say I won't, you know, I won't try to do that. But I have mentors. You are one of them. I've got others. Um, I'm sure you have mentors. I'm sure everybody that's doing something that other people perceive is unusual has a mentor to help them because you can shortcut things by leveraging people's experience. Well, I, that's the way I think anyway. I mean, you know, people, my, my junior doctors might come to me with a problem that they think is particularly challenging, but you know, when you've been around a, a while, you might've seen it 50 times in the last year. Do you know what I mean? So that, that's the whole beauty of it, isn't it? It is, yeah. And and I, I think I said to you and I've said to everybody else that I work with, you know, and it's a real privilege to work with you and, and the other guys and girls that I do, is that it's kind of mentoring and coaching. So, and there is a difference. So coaching is kind of drawing out what people already know and just helping them to make those connections even stronger in their brain, really, about, I know you know this, so come on, you tell me. Mentoring mm. is, I know that you don't know this yet because you haven't learned it. And I'm just going to give you the shortcut to it to speed it up for you. Then you make that learning because then you go off and do it yourself. And during calls and, and meetings I have, we we flip in between mentoring and coaching all the time because people are different and have different knowledge and uh, backgrounds as well. But you're right, it's about a fast track way of doing it. I'm a great believer in um, in failing. I, you know, I love failing. I fail often. I try and fail fast. I encourage my team to fail. Nobody gets in trouble for failing within my businesses because it's how we learn and how we learn the most. We've learned very little from our successes in this world, but we learn so much, if we're willing to, from our failures. Mm. And I'm, I'm a big failure. I'm a massive failure. Uh, and I keep going forward and I keep learning from those failures. And what I don't want to do is to, you know, see somebody else that I know and that I'm working with fail in the same way. So it's like, I, I would suggest you didn't do this because this happened to me. You can if you want to, but let me just say that there is a you know potential pitfall over there uh, and you don't have to go through it if you don't want to. So learn from my failures so that you can get there quicker. And also, I want people to be better than me. I don't want to be the restriction. I, I, I don't think I'm it. I, I know I'm not. I know that other people, especially younger people coming up, uh, we were talking about a couple that just before we started recording, I want them to do much more than I've ever done in my life. And I'm really proud and you know, playing a small part in their life and then in their acquisition journey as well. 
And that's really, really, you know, encouraging and inspiring for me to be able to do that for others as well. Yeah. Uh, there's a saying, I'm probably paraphrasing incorrectly, but um, you only ever fail if you stop. So if 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 one failure you give up, then you have, then you do fail. But if you, if you just keep learning and going, then you can't fail. You just keep going until you get to. I think that's a Grant Cardone one. Maybe I don't know. Mister Ten X, Mister Ten X, Ten X himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, like, his marketing clearly works, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> it does. So uh, no, he's do- I think he's doing all right for himself. I think and, so. Um, I'd like to be twenty quid behind him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's great that again a book recommendation we're going to get on some of those but another one is by John C. Maxwell who we've already spoken about and he wrote a book called Sometimes You Win and Sometimes You Learn and again so many valuable lessons that he's taken from his own life and other people around him as well and it's having that mindset <clears throat> there's an old phrase that says sometimes you win sometimes you lose you can't lose you can lose sorry you can if you don't take those learning opportunities or what other people might call failures and don't act upon them. And then it stops you going through that. And we do see that in life. I've seen that in people. I've seen that people that have been knocked down or they've stumbled or they've failed at something and it stopped them from ever trying again. Mm. And I think that's a real shame. So, you know, I want to encourage people to, to try more and to fail more and to learn from those failures and then go forward Life and especially entrepreneurial life isn't a straight line from the bottom left corner to the top right corner of a graph. It always does this. And that's fine to do that because you're learning in those dips and then you're in the highs and then you know it's going to come down again and you're learning again. But you're always moving upwards in a in a learning trajectory up to the top right corner of the yeah. graph. Yeah. A big thing that actually a life lesson that I, I learned a very hard way um, was – don't be a victim. So the, 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 we, the, the, there's a lot of people, it might be a natural thing where we we take the role of the victim in any situation. You know, somebody has done this to me, this has happened to me. Um, and that's like a default setting for, for many of us. And there's nothing wrong with that. But your life changes when you actually flip that and realize actually this happened because of of me and you take ownership of the situation. Um, so regular listeners of my podcast know that one of the reasons I ended up going on an entrepreneurial journey is because I got referred to the GMC over a cremation form. Um, and whilst I still maintain that I did what I did with a good heart to help somebody out. And at the time I thought he's, done me wrong because he's referred me actually you know it it was me to blame for getting referred in the first place so once you take ownership of situations your worldview changes dramatically do you do you agree with that kind of one 100 so there's two things there one there's a great book called um sumo s-u-m-o by paul mcgee and the sumo stands for shut up move on um and <laughs> and, it, and there's some fantastic really easy simple learnings in life so that's a great one to uh to look up for your readers as well and the other one is just so simple and i, I won't do this at you but if i do this if i'm pointing the finger at somebody else there's four pointing back at me so it's always my fault It's not that person's fault. Now, managers will point the finger. They'll point them down and say, it was your fault. You should have done this, that, and the other. And leaders don't do that. They say, I'm sorry that that happened. It's my fault because I didn't give you the training, the resources, 
uh, all the skills that you needed to be able to make those decisions. But well done for trying. What have we learned and how can we move forward? And I'm 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 that type of a person. And I've learned I've not always been that type of a person. Me, my early 20s would have been a it's your fault. Mm-hmm. And through learning and developing and getting it wrong and upsetting people and making wrong decisions. You know, that's the things I regret in one respect, but I've learned how not to uh, continue to do that. And a simple thing, if you're pointing the finger, whether it's physically or metaphorically, just remember there's four pointing back at you and take that on board Mm. and protect your team around you. If you're in a position of leadership, it's a privilege to be there. So don't abuse that privilege at all and help others to get there as well. Mm, absolutely yeah and it like i like i say it was it was a massive my world has changed massively when when my mindset i didn't know i was a victim i didn't know i had a victim mentality but i certainly now i do not i know that mm. and my world has changed immeasurably since i consciously made that that, that change mm. um and you just look at every situation differently um thinking about books and you mentioned the lizard brain a bit earlier on. Have you read The Chimp Paradox? Yeah, Dr. Steve Peters. Um, yeah. I'm Steve Peters now. Fantastic book. Very, you know, again, simple uh, understanding chimp brain, computer brain and human brain. That's it. Uh, and how they're reacting at different speeds. And it, again, that's partly what I've done over the years. I've programmed my computer brain so it reacts quicker than the chimp brain the chimp brain's still there it doesn't go away and even just this week we've had a, a new starter within one of our businesses uh, she's coming with some fantastic new ideas of how we can improve our business and because i've been programming my computer brain over the years to say i want those new ideas i want to listen it stopped me from saying no 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 we always do it that way and that's what someone said to me 20 odd years ago when I worked up in London. And it and I, and I didn't want to be that type of manager. I wanted to be different. But it was still there. Even in the conversation this week, it didn't come out. What came out was, that's a fantastic idea. Let's look into that. Can you find out some more information? Can you send me some links on it? Let's do that. Let's order those things. That's what came out because that's what the computer brain has programmed in there. But only because I've been working on it for so long. Yeah. And so again, it's, it's a, a wonderful story. I've shared it with other people and other leaders as well. And he's trained um, the British cycling team to win gold medals, yeah. Ronnie O'Sullivan in his snooker career. And you can see the difference between early Ronnie O'Sullivan and later, uh, later Ronnie O'Sullivan. And if he can do that with a person like that, there's hope for everyone that we can improve by reading a book or listening yeah. to it on Audible. Mm-hmm. Um, he's even got a TED Talk about it as well. You know, So it's a fantastic story keep it simple, explain it to others, learn it, practice it, uh, and see how much you improve. Yeah, absolutely. And if you read it, well, if you listen to it, because I, I I don't listen to the radio anymore. In the car, I've only got audio books on, and he reads it himself, and he's, he's a Teesside lad. He's from Middlesbrough originally. Yes. When, I didn't know that, but when it first came on and I could hear the Teesside accent, I thought, who's this guy? <laughs> it's brilliant. He, he's, he's, he has got a funny accent, is what you're saying, Andrew, and that's correct <laughs> uh, for us southerners. And, Absolutely. Um, it's a, but again, it's, I love audiobooks when when people read it themselves. And uh, again, I don't listen to the radio. The only exception to that is if the kids are in the car and they don't want to listen to my audiobooks that I'm listening to or podcasts. So then the, the, the radio or um, one of their music things will come on. But I've turned my car into a mobile library. Yeah. And actually, I look forward to long journeys now because yeah. it means I can get to listen to more things. I even look forward to a traffic jam because <laughs> I 
and get to listen to more of, of whatever I'm listening to. Yeah, I absolutely. It's one of the best things you can ever do because imagine how much knowledge you're gaining in, in your commute time rather than listening to the you know, the media or whatever telling you about the latest bad news or, you know. I mean, my friends actually don't believe me that I don't know what's going on in the news because I don't. I don't watch it. It's of no significance to me. You know, all I'm bothered about is learning and improving. And, again, that's another shift. Speaking of good books, um, Green Lights. Have you, have you listened oh. to that? Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, that's an interesting one to listen to because he's an actor. Yes. All of a sudden you'll be going along and he'll shout out something. I won't do it in case somebody's listening whilst they're driving now. <laughs> but it, it scared me so many times whilst I was driving. Yeah. It's a good one bumper to listen sticker. to. Yes, <laughs> bumper sticker, that's right. And um, it's really fascinating. What I love about Green Lights, and this isn't giving it away, so go and buy it and listen to it. And Well, actually, there was a journal I bought from the back of that as well, which I was I, I used until I filled it up. Um, was at the end of that book, towards the end, he talked about how he came up with this kind of his, his, he turned 50 and it was his halfway autobiography. And what he did was to research himself. So he went up in his attic in his loft and got out boxes of things that he had collected over the years, old bar, uh, uh, beer mats and napkins and things that he'd written down. And what I loved about it was he was writing his goals down. And one of those goals he'd written down way before he was successful in any uh, acting or, or films or TV was to win the best male actor at the Oscars. And he went on to win that mm. very prestigious and very, um, you know, the odds of winning that are so small. But because he'd written it down so many years ago, it starts to manifest something and you send something out into the universe to say, that's what I want to do. Uh, and he went on to do that along with lots of other of his goals as well. So mm. Green Lights is a, is a great story because he's had a, you know, really interesting upbringing mm. he was in Australia for a number of years, um, parents and brothers and oh my goodness. Oh, all that's that's funny old relationship his family have. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so we can learn from all of those things as well and very different from my upbringing in my world, um, but uh, fascinating to listen to. Yeah, it's a strong recommendation for me. But you've got to listen to it, not not read it, because the performance is, is fabulous. Yeah. And and so I think just coming on to, to the last part of our, our chat here, it sets up nicely for goal setting. So we've mentioned setting goals quite a few times. I'm quite new to it. I've only done it for the past four or five years, really. Um, and it seems to the act of writing something down, even if you share it with somebody else or not, seems to form a contract between you and yourself that ends up growing legs and things start to happen. What's What are your thoughts on goal setting? Are, are they useful to you? Anything you can share with us that you might have as, in terms of your own goals? Anything? Absolutely. That's a lovely way of describing it. And uh, I've, I've come up with my own concept. I call it amazing 3D goals. So there's an old-fashioned SMART goals, S-M-A-R-T, mm-hmm. which some of your listeners will know about and have set themselves as, as I did over the years. But I was sitting in a, a French house that we'd hired for our summer holiday about seven years ago now. And the kids were asleep and I was working at the table, catching up on some emails and listening to some YouTube clips. And the great Jim Rohn was talking about goal setting and he described it so simply. I thought that's really fascinating. Let me start to do that as well. 
And one of those goals was to own our own French house because we love going on holiday to France and to really describe it well. So the amazing 3D goals in a nutshell is what's your dreams or your desire? What is it that you want in life? And everybody's got a dream. The second D is to describe it or to define it so well that anybody would understand it. If you can make the hairs on the back of the neck of somebody else that you're talking to stand up, then you're doing really well in that description. And the third D is really important. The most important one is a target date or a deadline as to when you want to accomplish that by. If you don't put that date on it, it just remains a dream and doesn't turn it into an amazing 3D goal. And all of those things combined, just in a simple format, I teach this in schools. I'm actually teaching it on Monday in a local school here again, really? which I love doing, um, <clears throat> really giving back to the local community. Uh, and just as a side note there, one of my goals after making a long list of goals was to share this amazing 3D goal story with my school, my college and my university. And I did that as part of that, contacted them uh, and I've shared it with with them and other schools now and it's really gone full circle so I left the University of Hertfordshire after a term and dropped out I'm now a visiting lecturer for the University of Hertfordshire talking to their MBA graduates uh, as students about goal setting and entrepreneurship and things like that which is just brilliant so I love that so goal setting is just vitally important set goals for what you want to do and what you want to achieve and Put as many down as you want. I've got over 200 goals that I'm working towards. I've completed over 100. I've got a 200-year goal in the future that I'm working towards as well that I'll never see. But it's there just to keep me focused in the distant future as well. And all of those things combined is just, you know, for me, I'm really passionate about goal setting and teaching others the same thing. Fantastic. That's absolutely amazing. So and when did you start goal setting? So it started then um, in about seven years ago. Right. Uh, like I said, since then, I've gone back and actually thought, well, it started when I left, you know, university, but I didn't, it wasn't called Amazing 3D Goals then. It's only then looking back sometimes that you think that was a goal, that was a goal, that was a goal. Um, one of the goals that um, uh, we had again to buy that French house we've now done, and we bought our, our, our French house uh, about four years ago uh, next month, and um, we'll be back there hopefully in August as well again, which we absolutely love. Uh, another one, and the, the fascinating thing about goal setting is one of the businesses we acquired a funeral director businesses that was one of the goals on the list and often when you set goals and you put that date by it often they happen sooner than the date or the deadline you've put and this one happened so the goal was to buy this business by and again a lot of them are are the day before my birthday because I want to accomplish something before I turn another year older (laughs) and we ended up so my birthday is in February we actually ended up buying this business in December and on a weekly basis I'll just review my goals just to see what's happened and how many I can tick off I knew that one was on there because I've been focusing so hard on buying the business but what I had forgotten was I'd also written down further down the list I wanted to own another hearse and limousine uh, as part of our businesses. And that business came with a hearse and limousine. So I thought, oh, fantastic, tick another two goals off. And I was scanning further down the list. And one of them said, I want to own a two-bedroom house or apartment that I can rent out to happy um, tenants. That was the goal. I put happy in there as well because I don't want miserable tenants. And (laughs) as part of that acquisition, we then acquired two properties as part of that acquisition as well. And as part of that acquisition, there was a two-bedroom apartment that was already let out to do very happy tenants, and there still are tenants now to this day. Wow. And I'd forgotten it was even on the list because it was so far down. So setting goals, putting things out there into the universe to say, this is what I want to do, and then just keeping a note of it. 
Whenever you complete a goal, you must add another, at least one on as well, or more per goal you complete. Otherwise, you get to the end of the list and you think you've completed it and you haven't. Yeah, yeah. It's almost speak it into existence. That's like, that's the whole manifesting type thing, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. And another great book called Manifest as well. So, um, which yeah, I was read, read recently. Yeah. So, if there's one message you could, um, you could, you would give to somebody that, um, if, if, if somebody's listening that, that's catch, catching this and, and they may be a bit doubtful about their future, they may have big doubts about their ability to do something, or if there was one thing you could say to, to, to somebody, if you could grab hold of them and say, look, you know, I don't know. I don't what, 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 want to put words in your mouth. But mm-hmm. is what what would you what would you say to anybody if you just if you were in their ears for for a minute or so? Yeah, I think for me, we're in a really privileged position. Looking after families in the hour of need in in the in the funeral profession that we're in, and one of the only good things about doing that is we're reminded every single day, literally, how short life is. So I would say to somebody, just remember that nobody's going to live forever. You were all on this planet for a very short period of time. It's all risky. Whatever you do is risky. You know, none of us get out alive. That's how risky it is. So try something. Work on yourself. Better yourself. Learn, grow, develop. Surround yourself with people that are better than you. Stand on the shoulders of giants if you have to, whether that's through books or actually physical groups or anybody else that you can get around. And that quote of, you know, all men and women die, only a few truly live. Mm. Be one of those that truly live. Look back on your days and think, great, I did something with that. I've left this planet a better place than when I entered it. And I think if you have that mentality, surround yourself with great people. You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So choose wisely. Who are you spending the most time with? Are they lifting you up or are they bringing you down? And you can move. You can change. You're not a tree. You can do something different with your life. You can move jobs. You can move locations uh, and you can be a better version of yourself and constantly work at that, constantly try and be better and get help from people around you that will want to help you do that as well. Brilliant. I mean, you remind me of the Stoics, you know, worse things happen in the mind than they actually do in reality. You know, that's kind of absolutely wonderful. Thank you very much. So if if people want to find you or get in contact with you, how can they do it best? Uh, Best place is probably on LinkedIn. Uh, So find me, James Gardner, on LinkedIn and um, really happy to have messages through there uh, or send me emails through that way as well, whatever works best for you. But that's the best place to find me. Fantastic. And I'll put a little link to your LinkedIn in the blurb underneath the podcast. So it's been absolutely amazing. Thank you very much for your time, James. It's been uh, it's been absolutely wonderful. Thank you. Brilliant. Thanks, Andrew. It's been great. 